Running up the score. You're listening to the Running Up the Score podcast. Now here's your hosts, Jerry Napoleonello and Kevin Donlin. Welcome back to another episode of Running Up the Score. I'm Jerry Napoleonello. He's Kevin Donlin. On this episode, we're going to discuss the AFC and the NFC South. There's a lot of intriguing headlines when talking about the NFC South. Not so much for the AFC, but we'll discuss them anyway. But when it comes to the fantasy side of this episode, obviously everyone's been waiting for this. We'll be discussing quarterbacks and running backs. Running up the score NFL preview. We'll start off with the least intriguing division in the whole NFL, at least in my eyes, the AFC South. AFC South. And we'll start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to like this team. I really like Gardner Minshew. I really do. I think he's a good quarterback. I just think that this team doesn't really have it everywhere else I I think their wide receivers are decent they're not great you know I think DJ Chark is good Chris Conley's really good DD Westbrook's good they add Tyler Eifert if he stays healthy that's you know really with him defense is pretty decent but I just don't think that they have they don't pop out you know there's really nothing on this team that pops out their defensive backs DJ Hayden CJ Henderson you know, that's really that's really it. You know, you look at their linebackers. Miles Jack, obviously, is the best player on, I think, this defense. You have Josh Allen, Kalevon Chazon, which they drafted, who I I looked at a lot because I, I thought that the Cowboys were going to take him. So he was somebody that I looked at a lot during the whole draft process. And I think Kalevon Chazon is really, really good. He's a very... He can play linebacker. He can play defensive end. Whatever you want to do, he's just that type of player. But you know, reserves list. They you know they have a few guys on IR and suspended and opting out. And but I just I don't see enough from this team. I don't see enough to help Gardner Minshew with this team. You know, there's really not much to say about the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I, I feel bad for the Jacksonville Jaguar fans that all five of them that are going to listen to this show. You know, there's really nothing really more to get into with the Jaguars. You know, honestly, when it comes to the Jaguars, yeah, the, the, you know, I see them and I'm seeing fourth in this division. It's unfortunate they had a really good defense, you know, but that defense consisted of Calais Campbell. It consisted of Yannick that gentleman. We were just, yeah, Yannick, we were talking about him as well earlier in the previous show. You know, you they lost a lot of key pieces. And, you know, obviously they're going to suffer on that behalf. The offense, I don't see it being consistent enough. I don't know enough about their running back core, especially with, uh, you know, not having Leonard Fournette anymore. You know, there's a lot of question marks with this team, and therefore there's not really much for me to analyze. It's just they haven't gotten better. They weren't really good last year, and there's no reason why they shouldn't finish anything higher than fourth yeah. in this division. Exactly. And, you know, when you're talking about the running back position, Bruce Miller, fullback, James Robinson, and Chris Thompson. I mean, I know I, I know what what was going on with Leonard Fournette, and it had to happen, but Leonard Fournette is a good running back. And how you don't try to figure it out with this team, and I know with Leonard Fournette, is it was obviously being on a bad team, 
you know, but still, I don't think that was going to be the difference between them being a division winner in this, you know, in this division. But I want to get into the next team that I feel took a big step in the offseason and therefore winning this division. And that's the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts. And I feel like that bringing in Philip Rivers is going to be there. And I, listen, I don't think Philip Rivers is the greatest quarterback, but I think just the addition of him, whether it be the veteran presence or just being a good quarterback, I think that's going to be the difference because, you know, he is better than Jacoby Brissett. He is. Then you you look at their, their running back position. You know, they add Jonathan Taylor to Marlon Mack. I think that's a very, very good running back tandem. T.Y. Hilton's still there. Michael Pittman Jr. added to that. Jack Doyle, their offensive line is very good. You look at their defense. Their defense is decent. Darius Leonard, you know, led this defense. DeForest Buckner added to this team. I'm excited to see what this team can do because they add Xavier Rhodes as well, Malik Hooker already. They draft Julian Blackman. I think this team is going to be good, and I think this team has enough and will have enough to win this division. I love the Colts. We're going like right from the very bottom all the way to the very top. The Indianapolis Colts, I have no doubt, is number one in this division. I think the addition of Phillip Rivers will make this team better than they were last year. Their defense is very, very good. Their offensive line is unquestionably the number one offensive line in football. They added Jonathan Taylor, a very successful running back from Wisconsin, to go with Marlon Mack. Hopefully Marlon Mack can keep himself healthy this year. And you got a Colt team that's going to be able to run the football. They should be able to pass the ball based on how good they're running the football. I've seen Phillip Rivers when Melvin Gordon's on his game. Phillip Rivers is almost unstoppable. The Colts are going to be a tough beat each and every Sunday this year. They got a full team. There's no doubt in my mind they are the number one team in this division. I, I just don't see anybody competing. I mean, I know that you guys, a team, like I'll move right on to the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. That's a team that, you know, could fight the Colts for this number one spot. I like what Tennessee has out there. I think their offensive line is pretty good. I think Derrick Henry is pretty good. I think A.J. Brown is really good. Tannehill, great game manager once he moved to Tennessee. I think that new, you know, that switch in location for him was extremely beneficial. Yeah. Tennessee's got a lot of talent on that defensive side as well. So they're a tough beat. There's no question about it. You know, obviously adding a player like Jadavion Clowney, you know, puts his team's defense at a new level. They have an opportunity to get to the quarterback a lot more. That makes their defense a lot better than it was last year. So Tennessee got better. And, they, you know, they're a playoff team from last year. So uh, there's no question in my mind that Tennessee's going to definitely give the Colts everything. And it's going to be a battle between those two teams. But I think only those two teams. Yeah, I think Tennessee's good enough to win this division. I think the Indianapolis Colts are good enough to win this division. You know, Tennessee's obviously, like I said, they made a lot of good additions. They were really good to begin with last year. Derrick Henry is one of a kind. His size and strength and it's, speed is uh, it's unlike anything any other team has. So, and, and I don't want to uh, make some tough. I don't want to, you know, compare him to LeBron James because there there's no comparison. But I want to just say, like, comparing their body type to their position, it's unreal. You've never seen a guy that big be able to run that fast 
at a position that is normally a smaller guy position. And Derrick Henry plays that position so well, and it's amazing to see. And I like this Titans team. My question mark is always going to be Ryan Tannehill. That's always going to be my question mark. Listen, I think he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a good quarterback, as you said, a game manager. But he's my question mark because you know what you're going to get out of Jadavion Clowney. You know what you're going to get out of Vic Beasley. You know what you're going to get out of Derrick Henry. You Now you know what you're going to get out of A.J. Brown because he's just put himself up there in the you know the upper echelon of, of wide receivers. You know, Janu Smith. You know, these guys, you know what you're going to get. Ryan Tannehill, game in and game out, you really don't know what you're going to get. And I feel like the defense is going to help hold this team together. They're going to do they're going to do everything that they can. I think their offense is going to just do enough to get wins and to therefore for me, I think they make themselves the second best in this division and we go to another team, the Houston Texans. Houston Texans. I like this team. I really do. I love Deshaun Watson. I just, I've dealt, as a Cowboys fan, I've dealt with the wide receiver by committee. And it did not work. Obviously. Cowboys went out and got Amari Cooper, changed everything. For a team to do well, I don't care what you say, saying that wide receivers don't matter, this, that, whatever. You need a number one wide receiver. And Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks, Kiki Cutie, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, they're not number ones. Very good wide receivers. They're not number ones. They're not a guy that can get away from a double team. That's just that's how it that's how it works. When you're looking at these guys, they're smaller guys, they're thinner guys, they're fast guys, but all you need to do is put a hand on them. And you kind of, you have them under wraps. So, to me, the, the wide receiver by committee is not going to work for the Houston Texans. And to be honest with you, I don't know if they're going to be able to get a, a wide receiver like the Cowboys did in the middle of the season getting Amari Cooper. I don't think that the, the Texans are going to be able to do that. And therefore, I don't think the Texans are going to have enough because you know J.J. Watt's going to get hurt. It's, it's happened every year. You don't want it to happen because he's so damn good, but it's going to happen. And I, I don't think that their defense is as great. I think their defense is good, but I don't think it's great to be able to carry this team because I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to have enough around him to be able to, to carry this team past the Colts and past the Titans. And I, I, you know, it sucks, but I have them at number three. I, I have them at number three. and I'm not a fan of the Texans at all. Watching Deshaun Watson without DeAndre Hopkins, you know, you had to expect this. Yeah. No one expected David Johnson to even have a great game, even an opening night, and he did. And they still couldn't do anything about it. He was averaging seven yards a carry. When your running back is averaging seven yards a carry and you're putting up seven points going into the fourth quarter, there's something wrong there. Yeah. Something didn't go right on these pass play calls. Or for some reason, we're not executing on these pass plays. 
And you can talk about all oh, Will Fuller was doubled. He was getting open at will in that game. Now, there was one point where Chris Collinsworth mentioned that the Chiefs had lost their number one corner. And Deshaun Watson couldn't do a thing to take advantage of that. Yeah. Now, I don't want to put so much into the bases on one week. It was the opening week. Obviously, preseason not here. And, we're making, and I'm making this analysis, but already seeing the Houston Texans in action. Their defense didn't show me enough. Their offense definitely didn't show me enough. David Johnson's a great asset, though. I love what they did. He looks oh, just yeah, like the original absolutely. David Johnson. I expect him to be good if they continue to run the football like this. But Deshaun Watson's going to have to be better. That defense didn't even play too bad. Even they know they'll have to be better than that to win on a consistent basis. But I have the Texans exactly where you have them. I have them third in this division. I think them and the Titans might be a little bit of a mix-up. Who knows? I'm just standing pat on the Colts as uh, number one, Jaguars at number four. And that 2-3 spot is a mixture between the Tennessee Titans and Houston Texans. I like Tannehill. He played well last year, but he's going to have to keep that up. And that's still a question mark in my opinion. That really does it for this division. You just said I'm going the same Indianapolis, Tennessee, Houston, and Jacksonville, and now we'll move on to the NFC South. NFC South. And this is the the intriguing one, as I said earlier. This is the fun one. This is going to be the most talked about division. And that's only because of one player. There was a lot of talk about this division for a lot of reasons, some good, some bad, and that's why we're holding them for last to talk about. You know, the NFC South... We'll start with the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers. Obviously, no more Cam Newton. Cam Newton has now moved over to the New England Patriots. Carolina brings in Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is a very good quarterback. Do I think he's going to have enough to to help this team do especially well? I don't think so. I like the addition of P.J. Walker. Obviously, watching him in the XFL, the kid has some talent. Absolutely. You you have Christian McCaffrey, obviously. Some may say one of the best, if not the best, running back in the league. I don't think so, but, you know, that's what some say. Wide receivers, they add Robbie Anderson. Kev, you know a lot about Robbie Anderson. They have DJ Moore, who's shown himself to be a top echelon type of wide receiver. They're Tight ends are kind of, eh. Their offensive line is, eh. So I I don't I don't see enough from this team, uh, defensive wise, offensive wise, other than Christian McCaffrey, to do anything better than in the number three. See, if not number four, you know, like this is it's a tough division. For a team, I'm not to be really bringing, high. I'm not I'm really not, high yeah. in Carolina. Neither am I. No, I there's, there's really nothing, nothing. There's nothing exciting about this team. Uh, Robbie Anderson, good player. He's not great. Yeah, not no, a difference I know. maker. Yeah, he's not going to not not make put that offense to another level. Yeah. type player, which is the kind of money he wanted, which is disturbing to say the <laughs> least. But again, at the same time, you know, I, I'm not I'm not high on Carolina. There's not much to be high on. I've always thought Cam Newton was the reason why this offense would move. Christian McCaffrey's a great talent, and it just sucks because right now it's being almost wasted yeah. in Carolina with the basis of what they put around him. The defense is okay, and the offensive line's okay, but McCaffrey does a great job at you know finding space and being able to make teams pay when he does have that space. He's so, dynamic. 
you know, it, it, he's very dynamic. And the fact that you have a dynamic player like that, and we're talking about, you know, me, I'm, I'm slam dunking them on the bottom of this division. There's, I don't yeah, see them outlasting anybody else. Yeah. I'm not, I don't see anybody going to be worse than them. I think all, all four of these teams in this division are very, very tough. And they, they, they just, they got the short end of the stick here. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, when you, when you look at this division, it's, it's too hard for a team to, as I said, bring out Teddy Bridgewater as your your quarterback and not have anything other than Christian McCaffrey around him and then expect to do well in this division. We'll move on to the, the Atlanta Falcons here. Atlanta Falcons. I'm never high on Matt Ryan. Never, never will be, never was. Uh, this team still has a lot to them, though. They add Todd Gurley which they really needed a, a running back. They add Todd Gurley. You obviously have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. This offense, if Matt Ryan doesn't flourish in this offense, there's something wrong with Matt Ryan. <laughs> you know, Their offensive line is very good. Then on the defensive side of the ball, they're very good. You know, They can rush the quarterback. And they have enough. Keanu Neal getting hurt last year hurt them a lot. But I feel like him being back, you know, Ricardo Allen as well, AJ Terrell they drafted. You know, this this defense is very good. Dante Fowler, Takaris McKinley. This is a very good defense. This is a very good offense. And it all and I, I hate doing this because I feel like it's such a cop out way of analyzing a team, but it really everything kind of just goes on the back of Matt Ryan. Because everything around him is very, very good. And the sky's the limit for the Atlanta Falcons if Matt Ryan can play well. And listen, this is going to be a tough division no matter what. And these games against each other are going to be tough and it's going to be exciting to watch. But the Falcons are that middle of the pack type of team in this division. I know you're not too high on the next team. And the next team we'll get into is the most intriguing team. And that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you can give your analysis on the Falcons, though, before we do that. Yeah, and I'll go right to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after. But uh, the Falcons, I'm very high on them. I think Matt Ryan's going to have a great year. I think that offense is really going to thrive. I don't think Gurley's going to be a difference maker here. I don't think it's going to be because they can run the football. It's going to be enough. It will be enough yeah. to get Matt Ryan some space in the pocket and be able to give him some time. And he's got plenty of weapons over there and Ridley and Julio. Uh, the defense is very good. They know how to get to the quarterback. Again, very good teams in this division. Atlanta, no doubt about it. Uh, one of them. I'm going to actually put them in third. And that's not saying anything against them. That's just talking up the other teams in this division right now. And, again, Matt Ryan, I expect a great year out of them. But I do know what kind of player Matt Ryan is. I know he is more thrived to make mistakes. And that's really the basis here. I'm, you know, I'm looking at the three quarterbacks remaining in this division, and you know, I'm going to go to Tom Brady in the Buccaneers, and I expect less mistakes out of Tom Brady than I do from Matt Ryan. And I think that'll add a couple more wins, and I think that's the difference here for me. I think Tampa Bay's defense is very good as well. They gave up a lot of points last year, but I really expect, you know, they have a good team on paper. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just the way these games went. Everyone's like, "Oh, they gave up a lot of points." Well, you got to remember a lot. You know, when your quarterback throws thirty interceptions, your defense is most likely in bad situations <laughs> <Exactly>. a lot. <laughs> so it doesn't really say anything against the defense and the amount of points that were scored against them. Well, I mean, you had Shaq Barrett, who led the league in sacks last year. So 
it, and, know, but again, they were giving up so many points, but the basis this is exactly what I'm saying. When your team is turning the ball yeah, over, absolutely. your defense is in a crappy position at all times. So I, I don't fault the defense at all. I think Tom Brady makes less mistakes. I think because of that, I think Tampa Bay increases the win total, and they got plenty of weapons over there. There's no doubt adding Gronk doesn't hurt. I know they made some additions to their offensive line, and that's better as well. Yeah. So Tampa Bay, to me, is a slam dunk second in this division. And, you know, I think the talent – on both sides of the ball here are very well, very good, you know, and obviously, you know, I'm going to leave the top spot for the Saints. I'll let you get your analysis in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to leave the top spots at the Saints, and obviously I'll go more into detail as to why I think they're really good, and I think I don't even think I need to do that. <laughs> I think the people viewing this right now should know exactly why I have the Saints on top of this division above all the rest, but uh, you can give your analysis on Tampa Bay. Yeah, so with Tampa Bay, you know, you obviously add Tom Brady, that already you, you you have already increased your quarterback position over Winston. So you add a guy like Leonard Fournette, who we said is a very good running back, just needed the team. Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, LaShawn McCoy, three very good weapons at the running back position. They could put whoever they want out, and they could run the ball well, I feel. Then you look at their wide receivers. Mike Evans still dealing with some injuries here. Who knows if he's going to be able to play in game one. But Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they draft Tyler Johnson. Then you look at their tight ends. You have three tight ends that are very good. Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait. Their offensive line is decent. They, As you said, added. They added a guy like Tristan Wirfs in the draft. Then when you look at their defensive side of the ball, and I think this is going to be the difference because their offense is very good. But their defense, Shaq Barrett, are we going to get the same Shaq Barrett as we did last year? And I feel like we are. Levante David, very good. JPP still good. You have a guy like Devin White who everybody is high on this year. And I'm high on him too. And I feel like Devin White is going to be up there, you know, in the defensive player of the year spot. Do I think he's going to win it? I don't know. But I feel like he's going to be in the discussion. You know, you have William Golson. They add Ndamukong Sue, Vita Vea. You know, this team is going to be able to rush the quarterback. They're going to be able to, to play very good defense. And I feel like they're not going to be in the position, as you said, of, you know, having to defend at the, the 15-yard line because your quarterback just threw an interception. Do I think Tom Brady's going to throw zero interceptions? No. But you know what? He's not going to throw 30. You know, it's not going to happen. So I feel like this team, and I'm not going to give my my records yet, my, you know, who's going to be in what position yet. I'm going to wait till we're done with our analysis on the New Orleans Saints. Now, my analysis on the New Orleans Saints, and then I'll let you give yours. New Orleans Saints. I feel like the stuff that has happened in the offseason – whether it be the stuff with Alvin Kamara or even, I think, the more detrimental stuff that happened with Drew Brees. I feel like that is going to ha- have some kind of play, whether it be the team doesn't trust Drew Brees anymore. I don't know. I think a lot of it was blown out of proportion, to be totally honest with you, but I'm not going to get into that. I think the Saints are going to be they're going to be hit with with what the stuff happened 
in the offseason. I think that's going to play some kind of role in this team. And I just, to me, I have Tampa Bay winning this division. Saints at two, Atlanta at three, and Carolina at four. Yeah, so when it comes to the Saints, obviously, it's very understanding as to why I have them at the top of the division. You know, Drew Brees in that offense has been unstoppable for years. I don't see it slowing down. They still have a great offensive line. They're going to get the protection that they need. That defense is very, very intimidating. It's been getting better and better and better. It gets greater with each and every game they play. You know, the Saints are going to be a really good team. I know you talk about these off the field issues that went on in the offseason with Drew Brees. And like I said, I'm not going to get much into it as well. My perspective of it is irrelevant, just like everybody else's is. So when other people were criticizing or not criticizing, it doesn't matter. We're all we all have our right to our own opinions and our own thoughts. And you know, Drew Brees gave out his opinion. There was a humongous backlash about it, but it shouldn't affect him throughout the season. He's a football player. Yeah, he's a football player going to be retiring soon. And at that point, I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of criticism you're going to get from people. He's still going to relive a happily retired life. He's not going to be under the microscope anymore. He doesn't have to be. So playing football for him right now is really the main goal. I don't see it being a distraction. He's going to be great. The Saints are going to be great. They're going to ride it, you know, go as high as he brings them. And I, there's no doubt in my mind they, they're, they're number one in this division. And they're they're threat to win the Super Bowl this year, 100%. That will do it for all of our previews. Now we're going to get into the last section of our fantasy before we start giving our, our weekly fantasy picks. Running up the score. Fantasy football advice. Our analysis now on the running back position and the quarterback position. Running backs and quarterbacks. We'll start off with the running back position, and I'm going to ask you the same exact question that I said before with the other ones. What do you look for when you're going into a draft looking at the running back position? You know, it's almost like, you know, we talked in the last show about the wide receivers being, you know, being very patient on them because there's a lot of depth. I did not see the same with running back this year. I thought there was a lot of situations in the NFL that were going to be very confusing. You know, the whole Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay situation. You know, even I saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who played a great game. You know, Darrell Williams was playing a lot of those third downs. You know, there's a lot of running back situations that looked like they were dead set on, and they turned into multiple running back situations. And it's understandable. Yeah. You know, you need you need to change the pace back in the NFL. It's been a new rule, almost like an unwritten rule, I should say. Yeah. Where you need that in order to perform, but for me, with running backs, they're flying off the board, and rightfully so. You you need to go out there and get yourself the running backs that are going to be, you know, useful. You know, me personally, in my fantasy football drafts, I went after Ronald Jones in a couple of drafts later on. This was before Fournette, just very unfortunate in my way. Uh, I expected him to be the main running back in that situation, but again, I was going running back a lot. You know, I took Le'Veon Bell, the David Johnsons, third round still. I don't care. I'm still going running back. Like I said, running back, running back, running back, and then wide receiver in the fourth. Yeah. I had no problem taking three running backs right off the bat, make sure I had my running back depth, and then focus on the extended, extended amount of wide receivers after that. Yeah, absolutely. And a couple of late tight ends that I had as well. So, and quarterbacks, everything. A lot of people dropped. Drew Brees going ninth, tenth round, ridiculous. Wow. Ridiculous in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. But running backs flew up the board. So I took guys like Le'Veon Bell. I got Derrick Henry. I got Miles Sanders. I made sure to take – obviously, I didn't have any of those top five picks, so therefore I couldn't take any of the top five running backs. Or they would be right on my list as well. Yeah, That was the right move to do. You have to get the best possible running back in your opinion. Well, when for you, running back. 
when you look at, I'm, I just and Michael Thomas is a great player. He's the only one that belonged in that first round besides running backs. Yeah. But running back is just so thin that before you know, you can have the Michael Thomas, and then by week four, you're going to be struggling to find a uh, buy-in bi-week fill-in for your running back in that situation. You're going to have to go with someone like a Tariq Cohen where you're basically like this based on how the game's going to go. <laughs> yeah, It's yeah, the truth. And, and, I mean, if the Chicago Bears are winning by a lot of points and they don't need to pass the ball, Tariq Cohen's got zero value for that game. Yeah. And there's no way to determine that before because it, it really is just a basis on how well that Chicago defense plays. And they could be playing the Green Bay Packers. And if the Chicago Bears defense is stopping the Green Bay Packers, it's going to be tough to get Cohen out there and be uh, significant. You know, these are the kind of players I'm talking about yeah. that you could have gotten later. But for me, these weren't uh, prizes. And, you know, a yeah. lot of people like to go after the rookie running backs, too. I just want to get into the rookie running backs real quick, too. Folks, there was a no preseason this year. Yeah. These rookie running backs, these coaches have no idea what their preparation is, game, game day preparation, all that kind of stuff was not shown yeah. at any point. You could practice until the cows come home. It's not the same as a game day. Yeah. Whether it's pre, you know, people think oh, preseason not a real game. It's a real game to those kids trying to make that team and trying Absolutely. to make that starting role and make that money. You start becoming a starting running back in the NFL, ask the others. You make money. <laughs> yeah. You want to play your best. So it's been tough for the rookies to get up of these depth charts. You know, everyone t- everyone talked about you know Edwards Hilaire. I just mentioned it before. He had a good burn for his first game, don't no doubt about it. Very talented player. But these other situations like Swift and Jonathan Taylor, a lot of rookie running back situations, they're not going to be clear cut. They'd probably be clear cut starters if they had a preseason and an opportunity to win that job. But even that, like I don't it, think the same oppor- I don't think the same opportunity was given to these rookies this year. So it's very tough to take these rookie running backs in those mid round drafts yeah. those when i was taking my wide receivers i wasn't going to focus on taking the jonathan taylors of the world hey they can end up being great players no doubt about it but i'll i'll go with my Wait. wide receiver yeah. depth that i know is there and i already have my running backs filled in already with their hand with the running back position as you're saying it, it it's slim pickings really because once you get past because the top the top guys you know especially in like the top tier those are the workhorses so you have guys like Saquon Barkley, you have guys like Zeke, you have guys like Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey. Those are like those are the workhorses. You know, when you start to get past like the first tier, then you start to to look at guys that are sharing, you know, carries. Dalvin Cook is is another workhorse, but I think they're going to have so many problems passing the ball that he's not going to do as good. Alvin Kamara Depending on what's going on with him, I think he's going to have a good year. I think you know Drew Brees always Alvin Kamara is going to have a good year, but yeah. you ha- you start to like mix in like Nick Chubb. The best thing about the rookie the rookie running back, especially with Clyde Edward Hilaire, Damian Williams opted out, so now it's it's him and Daryl Williams. We already got to see, before we were able to do this show, we were able to see what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was like. And, I mean, he had 26 carries. So that's, you know, you're starting to work at, you know, the workhorse type of thing. And if they're going to start using him as the starter, the clear-cut starter, that's not a bad pick. But you can wait on him. You know, but other than that, like when you were talking about Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor has Marlon Mack with him 
Jonathan Taylor's not going to be the number one running back. So it's going to be hard to go for a guy like that. You start to move in, you look at Kenyon Drake, you look at James Conner. These are guys that are going to be good, but it's it's tough to say because, you know, as we were saying, you know, wide receivers, it's so deep. It's so deep that you can get multiple plus points from a tier four guy. You're not going to see as much when you're talking about the running back position. And, you know, there's more of a tandem type thing when you're looking at, like, Tier 4, Tier 5 when it comes to running back. So, as you were saying, I, I think running back is definitely a position that you got to go out and get. Like, it's not something that you can wait on. It's something you got to go out and get it. If you got a top 5 pick, you, you're looking pretty good, you know, when it comes to, you know, the running yeah. back position. But we'll move on to now the quarterback position. Quarterback position is pretty interesting. You know, we're always looking at a Russell Wilson type of thing. Up top, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. What are you looking for when you go in and you're looking at quarterback? Where are you looking for quarterback? And who are you looking for in this year? Like, what quarterback are you looking for in this year? Uh, in most of my uh, leagues, I'll be honest, I went I went to Patty Mahomes. I took Patty Mahomes in about, no I would say... Two of my four leagues, I took Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And then in my other leagues, I have Drew Brees. I took Phillip Rivers. So I either went really early or really late. Again, those mid-round picks for me were so essential to grab wide receiver, get plenty of wide receiver depth. I took so many wide receivers in those rounds that I did not focus on quarterback. I took running backs early, wide receivers next, then quarterbacks, tight ends, and – in one league, in a couple of leagues, I did take Patrick Mahomes. I thought he was worth it in the second round for, or late first, depending on the pick I had, which was the 11th overall pick. And, you know, when I had the 11th overall pick, I mean, Miles Sanders was the best running back available because of the injury risk, everything. I took Mahomes. I had someone pick, and I was still able to scoop up Miles Sanders after that. So it worked out big time for me. And, and I got the guys that I wanted. But... You know, for me, I can't explain it on the basis that quarterback Drew Brees going in the ninth round is ridiculous. Yeah, that is. Aaron Rodgers going later than that at times is even more ridiculous. These guys are well-proven fantasy quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, I like Patrick Mahomes. I like Lamar Jackson and what these guys, Dak Prescott, what they can do with their legs, everything. Josh Allen, everyone's starting to get higher up on, on the radar, but... For me, guys like Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, that late in the draft pick, I no problem. I'll take I'll take my entire starting lineup, grab that later on, tight end included, everything before, yeah. and you're giving me time to get somebody like that that late, then uh, I'm going to be a force to be reckoned with. Now, would you say that these guys that are going in the top, you know, the first round or whatever, and they're in the top tier, you know, when we're talking about Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, even Deshaun Watson. Are we saying the reason why they're up there is because they can do it with both the legs and the arm? And, you know, we're talking about possibly getting rushing to- touchdowns Well, that's as the well. wild card with the quarterback yeah. is being able to run the football with your quarterback. I mean, every quarterback's going to be able to pass for yardage, everything. Yeah. If you could throw 50 yards or five extra points, which are, is a big five points for 50 yards rushing, you yeah. know, yeah, of course you're going to take it. Yeah. And if you, you know, there were games where Lamar Jackson threw up 100. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he didn't have to throw for a lot. He would throw for 200 yards, three touchdowns, and then 100 yards rushing. 
It's a thirty-five point week. Yeah. That's what that's that's what the doctor ordered. So <laughs> yeah. you know, like that's the understanding in the wild card that you want to take the risk to go that high. But it's not even a guarantee. I mean, you know, we're looking at the beginning of the season, Patrick Mahomes had zero yards rushing in his first game. Yeah. It wasn't required. He didn't need it. They didn't need him to do that. Yeah. So you take for what it's worth. You know, you, this is what you're banking on. There's no guarantee. For me, I think the later quarterback is probably the best way to go. But, you know, when you got Patrick Mahomes as an option early on, in the, you know, in the second round or late first round, you you might want to pull the trigger on that. Again, you got plenty of wide receiver depth. You can get those running backs in the first three rounds. I think I was able to scoop up Miles Sanders, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I'll take that one, too, to go with Mahomes to start a draft all day long. And I'll take every wide receiver in the fourth round to the eighth round. Yeah. So. And then grab another backup quarterback after, which could still be so, someone like a Drew Brees, which is crazy. Looking at the tiers from this website, they have for tier one, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott being in, in tier one surprised me. To be totally honest with you, I, I, I don't know if we're, we're even going to be able – because we're going to have an awards like prediction type of show, hopefully next week. And – you know, basically, we're not going to use what week one, what we saw in week one, obviously, because you're not going to be able to see what happens in week one and predict the future. But to me, to be totally honest with you, and I'm not even saying it as a Cowboys fan, I think Dak Prescott's going to win the MVP this year. I think that's the type of season that we're going to see from Dak Prescott. I understand why he is in tier one. I never thought that I would see him in Tier 1 with the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. But Tier 2 is where it's kind of a head-scratcher for me because, you know, you see a Russell Wilson. Now, I, I would have thought that Russell Wilson would have been in that Tier 1. But then you have, like, a guy like Deshaun Watson. You have a guy like Kyler Murray, even Josh Allen and Matt Ryan in Tier 2, which are head-scratchers to me. Mm-hmm. That's that's crazy, but you're high on Matt Ryan this year, so I'd understand that. But then in tier three, Carson Wentz. So now you're telling me that Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz are all gonna have better seasons than Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. That's that's where I'm a little like, uh, but you know, yeah, you're... it's a little skeptical. But again, like you said, quarterback is very deep. Then yeah. and you can there, you know, like you're saying, there are a lot of quarterback options out there. I mean, when you have a lot of wide receiver options out there, it's because there's a lot of quarterback options. Because the passing game in the NFL has changed a lot, so a lot more people are passing. There's a lot more of these guys out there. That will do it for our previews of everything. And being that we're done with our previews, that means the season's starting. So we're all excited about that. Every week we'll be doing. Top five starts, top five sits, and then we'll be doing our top five betting picks of the week. So be on the lookout for that at RUTS Sports on Instagram, Twitter. Check us out on TikTok now. You know, we're all over YouTube. Check us out. We're on Spotify, Pandora, iTunes, Google Play. But that will do it. I'm Jerry. I'm Kevin. Be breezy. Be breezy. And it is all over. You've been listening to Running Up the Score. We run up the score on sports radio.